Good morning. Welcome to our Wednesday morning chapel. Uh, one announcement that did not get in the bulletin uh, that I should have put in there is that tonight at 5.30 we will have an Advent uh, service here in the chapel. So tonight at 5.30. And I would love to invite you to come to that. This morning we, be we begin with a prayer for Wednesday morning. And I ask that you would join me in that with our hearts and voices together. Unto you, O Heavenly Father, I direct my thoughts and lift up my heart in prayer, that I may live and walk in you alone. Be my fortress this day, as you have been my protection through this night. Watch over my soul and my members. May I turn to you in true penitence. Cleanse me from all wickedness and uncleanness. Grant me wisdom and strength to perform the duties of the calling into which you have placed me. May your holy angels accompany me and my family in all our ways and help us to walk together in love in the narrow path that leads to your heaven. To this end, help us by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading for today is taken from the book of the letter to the Hebrews, the second chapter, beginning with verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, 
he himself, that is the Son of God, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray now that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> One of my grandfathers died when I was four. I barely remember that. Another grandmother of mine died when I was about 12 or 13. I remember that very well. But when I was 14 in ninth grade, about two months into the school year, a young lady that uh, would sit right in front of me in a lot of my classes was killed in a car accident. And I just remember how different, uh, differently her death impacted me. Um, it was different than anybody else I'd known in my congregation or family, because usually they were older people, but this was somebody my age. And it really, it really made death very personal to me. And it, it kind of made it, if you will, very real. It's interesting that when someone your age dies when you're young, if you've had somebody maybe while you're in high school or maybe even now in college, even somebody that's a few years older than you, the impact of, of hearing about that it has a little bit, it hits you in a little bit different way than somebody who's 70, 80, 90 years old. The Bible often speaks about death as being a kind of like a prison that we are in here in the world. And there's a lot of truth to that. There's a, a devastating power that this, this uh, prison of death has over us. It's something we just can't escape. The text in front of us talks about this fear of death that we have all our lifetime, that we're subject to bondage. It's really quite a, quite a way. It's like we're slaves. We're shackled into this thing in a prison. Uh, as if we're being held in a dungeon to it somehow. And, you know, even a little baby in the womb, unaware of what death is yet, still has to be concerned, in a sense, about dying. And as you start to grow up, and, and probably age five, six, seven years old, you start to realize death takes place not just to animals or insects and things around you or plants, but also to people. And this is all a consequence of the fall into sin. Our first parent, Adam, was formed out of the dust of the ground. God took soil to make him. And the Bible says that from dust you are and to dust you will return. In fact, the very name Adam means red dirt. And really that's what we are. All of us are still just part of this family of Adam that is part of the dirt of the world. We are the dust of the world. The very thing that we tread on with our feet is what our bodies are. I remember years ago when I would conduct funerals, um, the, the funeral director would often give me a little vial of, of dust. It was kind of like really fine sand. And it was, it was probably in a little vial that was maybe uh, about an inch and a half high. And I would put that in my suit pocket. And when I got to the point at the, at the grave site with the burial, and I was about to lower, they were about to lower the casket into the ground, I would, I would say these words, earth to earth, dust to dust, ashes to ashes. And would take that little vial in my hand and dump 
some of that, those ashes, if you will, out on the casket before it was lowered into the ground. And every once in a while, weeks later, in my sport coat or my suit coat that I was wearing, usually a dark suit, I could still feel those little dirt particles, those sand particles down in the bottom of my, of my suit coat and realized that I was walking around with this all the time. It was just with me all the time if I had that suit on. But that, that's a real picture of, of what this life is like and the prison of death that we're living in. It's just with us all the time. It's present with us constantly. And any time you take your hand and smack like a couch or your bed or something and there's intense sunlight coming through the window and you see all that dust go up in the air, that's, that's what we are. Our bodies ultimately are dust like that. And we forget that even in a room like this with good air circulation and everything, those dust particles are moving around all the time. People who study this stuff claim that by the time a person lives to be 80 years old, they will have breathed in six pounds of dirt. <laughs> Think of that. Six pounds of earth and dirt will go through your respiratory system or be filtered out by your nose and everything else. And that's really representative of, of death. The, the, old, the old Gregorian chant said, in the midst of life we are in death. And it's so true. It's just all around us. We're even breathing it in. The, the little things, those little dust particles that we breathe in are actually in a tiny little way trying to kill us. And so our very bodies that are made of dirt and the, the very ground that we're walking on and the dust that's flying around on this earth is, is all a reminder of the fact that we are in this prison of death. The only one who has higher power than all of this, because this is the kingdom of the devil, but the only one who has higher power than such a powerful angel as the devil is God himself. So the only one that could get you and me out of this prison, who had the key to this prison, had to be God himself. And of course, that's exactly what takes place in the work of our Savior. In this Advent season, we celebrate the, the arrival, the coming of this king into the world, to come down into our world and take himself into the form of a little baby who likewise will die someday. And yet through this amazing process, God has worked out a plan to get you and me out of this prison, to, to make death no longer something that has to terrify us and intimidate us. Listen to what our text says again. Inasmuch then as the children, that's us, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So it took divine heavenly royalty to come down here from, from heaven and to enter our world as a lowly fellow human being like us in order to work out this amazing process of saving us from this prison. And he entered all of this willfully. Don't miss that. This wasn't an accident that Christ came. He did it specifically because he didn't want you to have nothing but a casket in your future. He did it willfully just for you. The all-living, all-powerful God who created the entire universe allows himself to take on the form of a little baby for the purpose of getting you out of your grave. 
So God now has taken and, and hidden your, the key that releases you from this prison of death and put it into the death and the execution of his own son. He came into the world specifically to go at death and to die. There's a, a commentator puts it this way, I love this. He says, to Christ, death is not a dreaded thing inflicted on him against his will but rather something he has consciously chosen to do for your release. You know, you and I, in our lives, the masks are a great example of this that we're all wearing. We are constantly trying to push against this enemy. We're trying to hold it off as far and long as we can. The Son of God, the King of Heaven, does just the opposite. He comes into this world and he grabs death and he pulls it to himself. He pulls it to his face. He pulls it into his body when he's on the cross, and he says to death itself, I will be your death. I will be your death. And then he says to those who believe in him, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. The king has come to rescue his people. Thanks be to God that you and I are one of those through faith in him, children of the seed of Abraham, as our text says. Just, just think how precious your life is to God. That, that he took action to come into this world and to get you out of this prison of death. You know, the, the world gets awfully excited about the death of a royal child. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I think it was, that, that uh, Harry and Meghan had a baby. And everybody gets excited about that. But that birth really doesn't do a thing for you other than light up the newspaper pages at the grocery store. But the birth of this Christ child changes your whole perspective on life. It changes your whole outlook on life. It changes how you can look at your grave someday, and especially the fact that you're going to go through the doors of heaven someday. No wonder the church continues to sing through the ages at this time in the church year, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Amen. Please rise. And let's join our hearts and voices in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
now may the triune God who has claimed you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Go in his peace. Amen.